0: Welcome back to Hermit Radio. I'm your host, Cameron, and today I'm interviewing a friend of mine named Thomas Torrance, and we're going to be talking about news and social media and fake news and how that all plays a part together. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to pass the mic over to Thomas. I'm going to let him introduce himself.
1: Hello, my name is Thomas Torrance, and I currently work with Cameron here at the YMCA, but I also still work for... McClatchy Publishing Company, which publishes over 30 newspapers across the country. I am what you call a finisher, and that's basically a copy editor. And I've been in the newspaper business since 1984. And I've worked in a variety of jobs, including sports copy editor, sports writer, sports radio, TV columnist, and news reporter. And like I said, I I currently work part-time as a finisher awesome so the first question I'm gonna go ahead
0: and throw out at you what is the biggest difference you've noticed between news in 1984 and news in 2019
1: so I don't know if you mean news or newspapers just general news yeah how
0: how the news is distributed the the way the news is presented what's the biggest changes you've seen
1: well the biggest change is uh, how much information people have access to now as opposed to 1984. You can get the same information at the same time as we used to get in the newspapers. When I used to work in a newspaper, the wire services would send a bulletin. If you know if there was a major catastrophe or a president's assassinated or something, you'll get something that say, will say flash or bulletin and people in the newspaper would be the, among the first people in the country to know that. But now, if you have an alert on your phone, you'll know it at the same time as the news media. So that's the biggest difference. You have access to the news, and it's much quicker, and you can get the same detail, and you can get the same detail, same, almost the same information on your phone, and you won't have to wait the next day to see what the newspaper has. You, you can see on television but you can also you will have access to television and a variety of other sources so that's the biggest difference is the amount of information that's available and the speed in which it's delivered awesome uh next
0: question do you think that the news will stick around the way it is do you think that the news Companies, the newspaper. Do you think that that's going away, and that it'll evolve into something else, or do you think it will always be around in some fashion?
1: Oh, there'll always be news, and you would people always want to know what's going on. But the biggest thing is, there's so many different news out, and I say news in quotes because there are some outlets out there that call themselves news outlets but they just provide information as opposed to news. I think the, uh, the biggest concern now if I'm a, a con- well consumer of news is how do you discern what is actual news, what is poorly reported news, or what is out and out fake news. So nowadays, you, you don't have the, what we used to call gatekeepers. Back in the day, newspaper, the media, was the gatekeeper. We would get information, we would process it, we would distill it, and then we would put it out to the public. Now you'll get, you, you still get a version of that, but you also get a raw version of what's out there now. You can see, you know, like for instance, somebody's Facebook live stream, that's in itself could be news but it's raw news. You see it as, as it is happening. Whereas in the past, on television, the newspaper, you would get an edited version of it. You still get that, but you can get the rawest form of news in the world now.
0: That's that's perfect, because that brings me into the next part, which is social media. We have talked previously about social media and news and how sometimes information can be distorted or almost even opinionated based on where it's coming from. And that's my, that's my struggle. I I see this on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook all the time. People more so have an easier access to social media. They're on it all day long anyways. So when they see news on there, maybe it doesn't, Maybe that's the easiest way for them to see it is on social media so they're not trying to go to another another source that might be reputable like the New York Post or the Washington um, – or I'm sorry, the Washington Post or the New York Times or so- something to that effect, which is – Those people are being paid to review the information and to put it together in a format so that people can listen to it. Whereas like what you talked about on social media, that information can be raw and it might not be filtered to where somebody
1: might get all the information they would want out of it. Is that correct? That's correct. And I'll start off this portion of the questioning by saying this. If it were not for social media, Donald Trump would not be president. That is my contention. Donald Trump knows how to manipulate or use the media better than any president in the history of this country. Not just through his Twitter account, which basically was that that was a key thing in getting him elected because he's able to get his thoughts out there unfiltered. You know what Donald Trump is thinking at that very Mm -hmm. minute. And also... The, uh, President Trump during the Republican primary, he was so out there and, and he controlled he was so interesting to the media that cable news, and I saw this many times, they would be have a panel discussion or they're talking or, or news and then they would say, hold it, we, we must inter- we have to interrupt our, our discussion right now. Donald Trump is having a rally which in itself is not news per se, but Trump was so compelling as a a figure, as a campaigner, that news outlets thought they need to make sure that they got him in on their broadcast, and their ratings went up as a result. CNN, which is one of my favorite broadcast outlets, was a big culprit, CNN, Whenever Trump had something, or when there was a Trump call, and Trump would call in, sometimes unannounced, they would make space, they would find space to get Donald Trump's interview in there. And Trump, like I said, was a master of mastering the media. And that's from part of uh, being the host of his own uh, reality show. Uh, He... He he knew how to manipulate the media in New York City where he was a big-time uh, developer. So, as I say, and I, I still contend that if it were not for social media or the, the a large amount of the media, I'm not sure if Donald Trump could emerge from, it was like, what, 17 Republican candidates? And he, he emerged from that because he best knew how to manipulate the media. And to a lesser extent, the media, uh, social media, helped get uh, Barack Obama uh, elected because his campaign was the first to take on social media in a big way and develop a website and develop, uh, they just knew they developed a social media outreach that pretty much helped propel him to the presidency. So,
0: okay. Uh, that was perfect. And something, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Thomas, but something that's also interesting, and I, I'm, not su- I'm sure to some extent people that are listening know this, but let me just put this into a bigger perspective, right? Social media is based on algorithms that look for certain words or certain topics and put them to the top of your list so to make sure that you see it. Even if you don't like Donald Trump, if you are posting about him, if you're retweeting his stuff, if you're whatever, even if it's negative, it's still drawing attention. It's still bringing his name up and putting his name into the algorithm. On my on this show, I don't really have personal opinions on political sides. Um, I have no feelings towards that one way or the other, but I do, I do feel that social media if not used properly, can be a manipulating device to get people in positions of power or to get people things that they want. And even if you're talking negatively about anyone, you're still giving that person or group of people or organization power because you are putting that information into the social media, which is adding to the algorithm. And it's going to pop up more and more and more. And we see this on Twitter. I've talked about Twitter before. Every time you log on to Twitter, it seems almost like the first thing you read is going to be something to stir you up or to get you aggravated. And that's by design. That's by design. The filters and the algorithms do not have any emotional separation. They are just seeing what you like and what you're retweeting and going off of that. So if you're constantly feeding into something that irritates you, you're going you're gonna to keep seeing that over and over again and this is the problem i have with it and concerns me about things in the future we're talking about social media and people's elections and stuff like that how you know are you aware of like the russian hacking stuff like have you heard of russian hacking farms where there's just like big warehouses full of dudes sitting on computers creating bots and creating nonsense just to get people stirred up is that something that you dealt with in the news or have seen or are aware of thomas
1: I would say not necessarily in the news because our, the U.S. government, our intelligence agencies were slow to react to this. Yeah. And In fact, during the Obama administration, they did not make a big deal out of it. They, it was known mainly because they thought Hillary Clinton was going to win it and they didn't want to give Donald Trump an excuse if, when, when they thought he would lose. But, yes, that, I won't say that the Russian hacking interference determined the outcome of the election, but it played a big part in, in shaping some people's uh, opinions of, the, of Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. And they also, by hacking and gaining access to Facebook, they were able to uh, foment... Uh, discontent among the racists. They would put out racist information, attributed it to somebody else, and they would have people, forces, angry at each other based on something that was contrived. And it's still going on, and it's going to pick up, and it's going to be as heavy if not heavier during the 2020 election. And we go in there, we all go in there knowing that, and we all know that I don't think it can be totally prevented. So we should be aware of what we see on social media, and don't take everything on face value, because we don't know the motives of the sources of the of these um, social media postings. Exactly,
0: this is and this conversation is important. For many reasons. Anybody listening to this, this is not something new to you. I'm sure everybody's heard some some aspect of this. The only reason we're talking about, it and the reason I asked Thomas to be here, is this is to help people kind of be aware. If you're aware of it, it's less likely to impact you. Take things with a grain of salt. The next the next part of this, it's kind of a two-part question or conversation. We're gonna be talking about fake news and where you as the listener, if you want news, where should you be going? Who can you actually trust to provide you with news information? Or if you can't do that, or if you don't trust the system, what kind of things can you do to research yourself? Where can you go? What what kind of websites, what kind of search can you do on your own to get your own reliable source of information? Thomas, let's talk about fake news. Tell me your thoughts on that. When did you see that coming? And Did you have anything like that back in
1: 1984? No. No, fake news. First of all, if the president says a particular source is fake news, I look at it as that that outlet is legitimate because the president has weaponized that term, fake news. Other countries are doing it. Other totalitarian uh, dictatorships are doing it across the world. They've taken a a page out of the president's uh, strategy book and they do the same thing like if you don't like what is being said about you you denigrate it you say it's fake so first of all I, and this is it's awful to say but if the president says it's fake news i wouldn't i wouldn't accept that term on face value i would look at the, at the media outlet because he's called the New York Times the Washington Post all major networks fake news if it were indeed fake news trust me they wouldn't stay in business we would tell them we don't trust them we would stop buying their newspapers we would stop watching their news so if it's fake news we would pick up on that but as for Other sources of, quote, fake news, it's harder, it's becoming harder and harder to discern real news as opposed to what's planted because there are so many social media outlets out there. My suggestion is because there are so many outlets out there, if somebody says, and this is an outlandish example, but it actually happened, that someone's reports that Hillary Clinton is part of a child pornography ring operated out of a New York uh, pizzeria I think you can google that and find other sources of the, with that same information and and the majority of them are saying that's not true that's false cuz you can google and find out and you can find a number of of legitimate media outlets on the same subject, and you can uh, get your opinion based on just basic research. So, and and that's that's going to be more and more important. And you can and with the election, twenty twenty elections coming up, you can actually go on these candidates' websites, get their they will have their views on there, and most major well most newspapers have fact checks like if they if they have a list if the candidate candidates have a list of opinions and postings or whatever you can google fact check whatever that information is and more than likely you will find whether that's what they're saying is true or false you, for example with the debates tomorrow and the following day they're going to be fact-checks of what was said during the debates. So you can get in the habit of doing your own fact-checking based on these Democratic debates. So you might want to get into practice of doing that starting tomorrow.
0: Thank you, Thomas. And I agree with... Hey, everyone. I just wanted to take a minute to talk about the app Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place, which allows you to make a podcast using your phone or your computer, and they have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast so that it sounds great. They'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere. Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Thanks for listening, and check out the app Anchor. what he's saying because i do feel concerned that our country maybe even the world we're starting to get to a point where people are not necessarily believing everything they see or they're getting to the point where they're questioning everything they see and i'm worried that people are going to start questioning everything and not looking at things with a realistic point of view and what i'm talking about specifically is conspiracy theories just like you talked about with the hillary clinton pizzagate scandal i don't know about any of that whether it's true or not but the point that i'm bringing up is that conspiracy theories are exactly that it's a theory i love a good conspiracy theory i love doing the research i love going down the rabbit hole but we really need to take a good look at what we're doing and what we're saying. Nobody should be going and shooting up a pizza gallery because they think that there's a child pornography ring going on on their own. This is what gets people stirred up. It almost feeds into a schizophrenic type of state of mind. When you start questioning reality and if everything is real or if everything's not real... And unfortunately, that's just the place we live in right now. So the whole point of me doing this segment is I just want people to have some tools and some options and have a real considerate look at what they're listening to and what they're reading so that they can make decisions for themselves. I don't believe that you should believe everything you see. I don't think that you should question everything you see. I think that you are an individual and the individual needs to make that choice for themselves. Don't let anything else impact that have your own questions, do your own research, do like what Tom said, do the fact checking, get to the bottom line. And we're gonna talk about what is a credible news source? Where can you get this information? We talked about organizations that have been around for a long time being deemed as fake news. That is definitely stirring the pot. If they are not credible sources of news, then they shouldn't be around. We shouldn't be listening to them, but they've been around for a long time. They are getting paid, they're working. If they weren't putting out reliable information, they wouldn't be around, just like Thomas said. So keep that in mind. I'm not saying you have to believe everything that the New York Times or the Washington Post says is accurate, but have a, but keep that in mind. What, what are the two realities? Somebody's saying that it's fake news, Or the other reality that they're a a news organization that has had a reputation for a long time and that continues to put out information. Just keep that in mind every time you look at the news. And this conversation is not to stir up any problems or anger in people because this is a completely neutral podcast. But these are conversations that need to be had, and it's an open discussion. I don't care if anybody feels aggressive or angry towards this we can have a discussion about it leave a comment tell me i'm wrong we'll talk about it that is how an open society should work the individual perception of that reality that they're living in thomas tell me in your opinion from working in news can you just name off some places if people want to get news and have reliable information what are some places they can go to for that
1: well again you can I would say most newspaper websites, most of the uh, television, uh, major networks websites, I would do that. And I would, again, you could just Google various news outlets and see, and you can judge from yourself. And I can only speak of what I know from the newspapers I worked of how the truth is important to newspapers because. Well, and most news outlets, because you face the possibility, if you wantonly put something out there that's false, you can get sued for millions of dollars. And on broadcast side, you can possibly lose your broadcast license. They have, the media have a stake in what is being produced. And so, you have to be aware of that. If John Joe Blow is printing, is, is, has a website or whatever from his basement, he's not worried as much about being sued or being held accountable as the local newspaper for for instance. So I, I'm not gonna recommend per se outlets but I would just want you to remember that most legitimate news outlets have the truth at stake and they have consequences to face if they don't produce the truth on a regular basis. I mean, of course, there are mistakes made and I think also during this rush with so and this is another uh, result of, of social media, sometimes news outlets that want to be the first to get something out there, and it's not fully reported. And then, but your legitimate outlets will come back and say what we had previously was erroneous. Here's what we know now. So in that sense, I think with social media, TV, everything, there's now more of a rush to get things first, be the first to say it, and it doesn't get to percolate like it used to in the, back in the day. You know, a newspaper, and you still have that, but sometimes an actual newspaper is competing against its own website. It would a news reporter his first duty nowadays with a newspaper is to get it on the website and then you keep working and working for the newspaper over the course of the, the day. But you're basically, you're, you're competing against yourself, you're competing against other websites, against other social media websites. So, so social media is great. You, like I said earlier, you get information quicker and you can get, but it's, it's more raw than it used to be. So, just be aware, the first thing that you see might have to be up. It's going to be updated. So just be aware of that.
0: I I agree. Hey, and so we've got about five minutes left. I, I want to bring something up and it might be controversial but you and I've talked about this before and I think that it's important and you were talking about the rush to get that information out there. So I'm gonna bring up a case where that happened and I just want you to talk about your feelings on that, okay? Jesse Smollett. Uh-huh.
1: What are your thoughts on that? I think, well, the news media and something like that, you have to report what is being out there. Smollett, the actor from Empire uh, apparently made up a story that he was assaulted by a white supremacist. And the police spent over $100,000 to investigate this and found out that two associates of Mr. Smollett apparently helped him stage this assault. And the news in this case I'm not sure what the news media could have done differently. You go, Do you go to Smollett and say, you're lying. We're not going to print this information. You can't do that. You print what you know, What, but generally they were printing what the police told them. And the police told them what was told by Mr. Smollett. So in that case, you go in there and... And I think most, uh, quite a few people thought that the story was probably bogus, but what, how do you pursue that? As, if you're a reporter, you ask. You can ask the source directly, and in many cases, that was that was asked. The police asked that question to Mr. Smollett. The media asked. So you just have to be aware of of. Of the possibility that it's going to be false, but you have as a but as a media outlet, you have the duty to print this news because that's a uh, smaller is a uh, fairly popular actor from a well-known show, and the show and it was out there. Let me give you another example of a rush to judgment. In Washington D.C., there were several protests going on. And, then, and there were these uh, young men who were from a, a private school from Kentucky. And there's a picture, photo of these guys. One young man had a smug look and he's face to face with a Native American. And that story engendered a lot of hatred toward that young man. And that he, you know, he was wearing a MAGA hat. So in many people's minds, That's the story. The story's over, I know what happened. Boom, that's it. Oh, this racist guy is confronting this poor old Native American. But the total story was the Native American person, and he said he got in that young man's face to help calm the situation down because there was another group, a group of black nationalists who were Using uh, racial epithets toward those young uh, young men, and the Native American man got in front, got in that guy's face. He says to help calm the situation. So, the full context was there was a lot of agitation before that picture was taken. There were more people involved in the situation than just those two people. And it took, in some cases, days before we got a clear picture of what happened. But people did not stop to, to not put that picture on websites and newspapers across the country. It took a couple of days before there was full clarification. So again, that's my uh, another example of a rush to judgment because it looks good and it looks like it would be a potential story And we have this preconception of what happened before we even know what totally happened.
0: Thomas, that was that was perfect, man. That was exactly what I wanted to hear from you. And to everybody listening, these are some touchy subjects. Um, I fully understand that. But there's a reason we're trying to talk because there's a lot of hate and aggravation going on in the world right now. And Thomas and I can come from two different sides of the argument and the table, and we can come together and talk peacefully and calmly about this and come up with some good solutions about how to take this into the world and how we can change this as a human race. Thomas, thank you so much, man, for coming on the show. I'm definitely going to have you back on so we can have some more good conversations. Everybody listening, if you have any comments or questions for Thomas, go ahead and check out my Instagram or Twitter page for Hermit Radio and leave your comments or questions there. Um, But for now, that's it. Thanks for tuning in. This is Hermit Radio.